Good morning, world. Welcome to another episode of Zendependently Minded. If you are a new or returning listener, I truly hope you enjoy this episode. And if you're interested in more content like this, stay tuned to Zendependently Minded and follow it on all the major podcast platforms. Before we get into the episode, here's a brief word from our sponsor. This episode of the podcast is also brought to you by Duolingo. What is Duolingo? Let me put it to you simply. Duolingo is the easiest and the freest and fastest way that you can learn a new language, just in time for you to learn Mandarin Chinese for when the Chinese government defeats America in the impending war that Joe Biden has more or less promised, and I'm going to get to later in the episode. So go to duolingo.net slash minded to get Duolingo Plus for three months for free before America gets destroyed by China. So obviously... The podcast is not being, um, for anybody who's confused, the podcast is not being, uh, let me take my headset off. I've been wearing the headset to make sure that I, because I heard some sound issues last week and I want to make sure that I'm getting good quality sound, obviously. Um, cause yeah, if you guys are going to spend your, your, your hard earned time listening to this podcast, listening to me rant and ramble, then I want to give you, I want to offer you and present the best quality podcast that I possibly can within my means right now. So no video podcast this week. I'm currently in a bunker in Shanghai, China, trying to infiltrate the communist government to keep them from destroying the country that I love, aka Taiwan. That is actually the country that I have citizenship for. A lot of people think that I'm I'm an American, but I'm actually a Taiwanese um, German. So I I own citizenship. I hold citizenship in both countries. And that's why I'm here in Shanghai. I'm trying to infiltrate the system and destroy the system from the inside to prevent the uh, invasion of Taiwan by the Chinese government and by China. And to also prevent another country that's kind of cool called America from going to war with China. So I'm going to talk about that a little more in depth as we go on. But first and foremost, just wanted to share my experiences going to Amsterdam. So I went to Amsterdam over the past weekend. Uh, First things first, I, right off the bat, after walking through the city, I realized that it's not what I thought it was going to be. In a good way, though. I thought we were going to show up, and I've talked about this before, I'm not really into weed, I'm not into drugs, the only drug that I do is occasionally smoking a cigar, which I have not smoked a cigar really in like six months, but the only caffeine, or the the only caffeine, yeah, caffeine is the only drug that I regularly intake, I I drink coffee every day because I love it, love the taste of coffee, love how it uh, wakes up my brain, increases my memory, increases my uh, productivity, kind of, and I I think I'm pretty productive anyways, but it increases my, uh, you know, decreases brain fog, whatever. So I didn't really go, I didn't go to Amsterdam for the drugs, obviously. That all being said, I expected it to be because so many people, especially Americans that live here in Europe, uh, they like, they love Amsterdam and even Americans that don't live in Europe, they just live in America. They love Amsterdam and they've heard about Amsterdam because, you know, weed is legal. Weed, there's weed, it's, it's easy to get in Amsterdam. And something that I had been told before, is my family had gone before I went, was that if you want coffee, you go into cafes. If you want weed, you go into a coffee shop, which is kind of confusing. But I expected, because of all the stories and, you know, Harold and Kumar, um, I expected Amsterdam to be completely filled. Everybody was smoking weed. I was expecting to get a headache and be tired of the smell. 
we smelling skunk everywhere, but that wasn't the case. There were a few places, you know, you walk by a coffee shop and the door is open, you can, you know, you, you can tell they're smoking, and every once in a while you'll pass by someone who's smoking a joint or, or a blunt or whatever, but, you know, like every European country that I've been to so far, like major, major city, I mean, in Europe, uh, most people are smoking cigarettes, and yeah, so... It was a fun experience. People are really nice. I went to quite a few museums. One I'm going to talk a little bit more about uh, than the others. But yeah, it's a very international city. More international than most of the cities I've been to. I think Dublin was pretty international as far as, you know, food and people. There are a lot of a lot of Asian people, a lot of a lot of British people, a couple Scots I heard talking um uh yeah, a lot of, lot of, I'm assuming Africans sounded like Nigerian accents, Haitian accents, whatever from Haiti. So it was a very, it was a very international uh, city. I know it's one of the more popular expat destinations for people that don't, that aren't citizens of, of not necessarily of the EU, but not citizens of the Netherlands. They like to go there. It's easy to be immersed in the culture. It's easy to kind of, it's not a big culture shock. They, you know, businesses and stores are actually open on on uh the weekend they're open on sunday which is not was not something i'm used to having lived in germany for almost three years for those of you don't know in germany nothing is open on sundays restaurants some restaurants might be open gas stations will be open but there's no stores so if you need milk you're screwed you're not getting milk (laughs) on a sunday um yeah very international so international that I don't know who decided or if it just happened. You know, Dutch is the language of the Netherlands. Dutch is the, how you describe the people. People who are from Nether- the Netherlands, they're Dutch, and they have their own language, which is very similar to German um, from from what I've heard and what I've read of the signs. But 99% of the time, we're being greeted by restaurant waiters and hostesses and shop owners in English because... Like I've said before, English is the language of business. English is the middle ground language that people will go to if they don't. So if someone is German and they're visiting the Netherlands, they don't speak Dutch and the people that they're talking to don't speak German. Guess what the languages that they have in common that they're teaching their kids from uh, kindergarten up English. So didn't have a hard time uh, going around communicating with people actually at all. Zero problems at all. Everybody speaks really good English there. Food was great. Surroundings were great. Um, beautiful views. The weather kind of was crappy, but that's that's how it is kind of up in the northern parts of Europe. You know, Finland, Norway, Sweden, uh, Netherlands. Yeah, they're they're not known for having for being sunny most of the year. They get a lot of rain. Blah blah blah. I've talked about this in the past. So. Yeah, it was a great city, beautiful city. Had a fun time. I would love to go back because there were a couple things I didn't get to do. A Heineken brewery was one of them. We had Heineken fresh from the source. So much better than having a Heineken in the glass. That's how it is with really all beers, honestly, from my experience. I don't think I'd ever, I've ever had Guinness outside of Dublin where it's made. And it's fantastic. It's a great beer. German beer from the faucet or what they call a faucet, vom faucet. Uh, if you ever get a beer, you can, of course, get it in a bottle or you can get it straight from the tap. That's always so much better. Straight from the source, the local the local source, that's when, you know, liquor 
alcohol, and then definitely beer in my experience. It really shines. So Heineken was really tasty there. And yeah, I would like to go to the Heineken brewery, get a tour, see how it's made, have fresh Heineken, blah, blah, blah. We did a couple museums. We did the uh, Rijksmuseum, which is a Dutch history museum. I thought was that in the end, Frank house were the two highlights of the places we went to. We went to the Van Gogh Museum. That was cool. A little underwhelming. I'm not the hugest fan of Van Gogh. I like his story, though. Sucks that he was not appreciated until he died, but that is the case with a lot of artists, even today. And then we went to uh, the MoCo Museum, which is the Modern Art Museum, which for the most part was a complete utter dump. Waste of time, waste of money. I wish I could get that 45 minutes to an hour back of my life. It was cringe. It was... Yeah, so one of the very first things we saw there, it was a a painting. It was a a, a beautiful painting, a gorgeous painting. It was done really well. Uh, it was a it was like a light skinned African American. He had an American flag on him. I think he had some bullet holes. He was wearing Nike Airs, and and he was drinking a big gulp or something. And the the explanation was like, oh, this is an art. Oh, this is a painting. It's a piece by the kid. It's a commentary on America. And in the paragraph, it talks about it said it, there was like a, a phrase that ever threatened civil rights that minorities are facing or blacks are facing in America. And I just, that was the first thing I saw. And I was like, dude, are you kidding me? What part about, oh, hey, I got into this prestigious university over the kid that worked a lot harder than me, that put in more volunteer hours, that put in more extracurricular activities and club hours, the one with the better GPA, the one that comes from a worse background than me, this person is not getting into the school. I'm getting into the school because I'm a minority, because I'm a, I'm a, from Nicaragua or I'm from, I'm African-American. I was born in America and I just happen to be black. I happen to be Mexican, happen to be Asian. I'm getting in over the kid that actually deserves to get the spot. This is not a conspiracy. This is not a Project Veritas conspiracy. This is not a, a, a you know, a Dave Rubin conspiracy. This is a proven thing that has happened and is continuing to happen today. That's an ever-threatened civil right, apparently. Getting into a college just based off of the color of your skin and not the content of your character or the merit of your of your person, personality. Highest wages, well, until, until the Biden administration came in and decided to overwhelmingly, and his party, the Democratic Party, decided to overwhelmingly support lockdowns, crippling small businesses, crippling middle class and lower class wallets, crippling their well-being, their welfare, crippling the inc- the economy as a total. Until that moment, minorities have the highest wages that they've ever had in American history. I I I'm not sure where in the like where the ever threatened civil rights falls in between there, but that was just frustrating. And what was also extra frustrating was that Knowing that there were Europeans coming in, not just Dutch people, there are people coming from France, from Italy, from Spain, Sweden. They're all coming to this beautiful city, going to this museum, and they're reading this. They're taking it and taking in and falling for the propaganda, and probably thinking to themselves, "Oh my God!" And and it's not they probably do. They do think. I've 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 seen conversations between Americans and people from Europe on Twitter or on Facebook or on Instagram. I've seen it on the internet where people are like, why are Americans like this? Why do you do the, treat black people like this? Why do you treat Mexicans and Asians like this? So they fall for this propaganda and think America's out here just shooting blacks in the, in the street. They think cops are shooting blacks in the street. 
even though I don't know the statistics for 2021, but I know for 2020, eight total unarmed black people were killed by cops in the United States. Eight total, eight total unarmed police killings of blacks in America. And that's not knowing at all, you know, what, 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 uh, sparked the, the, what do you call it? What sparked the, I don't know why I'm blanking, but you, you get what I'm trying to say. I'm not saying someone deserves to die or whether or not they deserve to die. I didn't look at each case individually. I don't care to look at each case individually, but you look at propaganda like that and you think, oh my God, they're gunning down blacks and Mexicans and Asians in the street. That's not the case. So that was frustrating. And then we went through the rest of the museum. There were some, a couple good pieces and they were all by the same artist named Banksy. I'm sure you guys have seen Banksy before. One of the pieces I really liked, you know, Banksy, all art is a commentary or it's, it's an opinion on society or surroundings, or it could just be something simple. Like Van Gogh always liked to, what I liked most about Van Gogh is he painted a lot of landscapes. He would, he would go and he'd sit in a field or, or he would see, you know, I, I don't know the background, but he would, he would paint someone like a farmer that was carrying a sack on, of potatoes on their back that they just grabbed from their field that they owned or whatever. And he, Banksy, Banksy is someone who, I believe he's from the UK, he would take like actual civil rights issues, like if there was a a peaceful protest that was going on and then the the police state would come in and whack people and spray them and beat the shit out of them, Uh, you know, he would paint stuff in response to that. And one of my favorite things that he did, and it'd be something simple, it'd be like, something that has already been created and he would modify it in a in a kind of commentating a commentator way and one of the things that i like that he did was he he took uh he he painted a protester tossing a molotov cocktail but in place of the molotov cocktail was a bouquet of flowers and that was that's probably my favorite piece that he's done but besides banksy everything else in there was just i love art and i love literature. I love things that have symbolism and a message and a meaning, uh, a a teaching to teach, but I like it to be implied or I like it to be like Ernest Hemingway style. I like it to be the lower half of the iceberg, the iceberg that we don't see, that we kind of have to look over and think about to come to the conclusion. Modern art, most of it, I said this earlier, I said this yesterday and I said it to my wife. I was like, most of modern art is just rich, spoiled, privileged, ungrateful kids mostly, or or just adults that have never matured and still act like a child, complaining and playing on the plight and the emotions of real people and real problems to make money for themselves. It'll be something like, fuck the patriarchy, but it'll just be painted in period blood over Donald Trump's face or some shit. That's not modern art. Eh, You can count that as modern art, but it's not good modern art. And of course, yes, art is subjective. I've talked about this in the past. But at least fucking throw in a couple Easter eggs. Make it, make it hidden. Stop. Don't take a shaved, a shaved, an unshaved armpit and someone saying, fuck the patriarchy, uh, abortion is healthcare, kill all babies. That's a message that you can believe in, but stop making it so obvious. I saw some cringe picture of Meg, uh, it was a painting or a drawing of, it was called Megan and Harry, and it was, uh, that cuck, simp, royal blood dude, uh, Harry, the, you know, the, this, the, 
the great I think the grandson of the queen or whatever the fuck and then her his his uh freedom hating wife his atten- attention seeking wife them like they're waving but they they uh, it's been changed into them flipping off and then it has like flipping off the crowd and they have like an anarchist symbol and it's like do you guys know anything about Meghan and Harry do you know anything about them at all Harry grew up in the royal family decided to simp for a girl so much so that he gave up his royal power and privileges just so he could move to LA and complain about how much how how Americans have too much freedom what about that is modern art these are the two these you talk about dismantling the patriarchy dismantling the the powers that be and the fascist dictator you're you're praising a member of the royal family and his simp attention seeking money grubbing grifting wife i don't understand these guys are the biggest clowns on the planet i believe they tried to do a podcast no one gave a shit no one wanted to sign a deal with them i think megan markle she uh she pitched uh, an animated show about racism or some bullshit to netflix and netflix was like this is not this you couldn't pay us to have this bullshit on on our platform it's garbage and it's just like you guys are praising the wrong people. You're defeating the entire purpose of art. You're once you start to praise the powers that be, and you start to praise the system, but but paint it as a way as as a way of oh uh, saying oh yeah you know I I stand with the plight of Amer- normal people. Um, buy this fifteen hundred dollar piece that took me two minutes to make on Adobe Photoshop or on fucking Apple Paint. I don't know. I don't know what the programs are. Then we came to NFTs, biggest, most cringe thing on the entire planet, paying $10 million for a JPEG. It was a big, huge waste of time. And, you know, everybody's recording it, putting on their TikTok because they think it's cool. But, I mean, to each their own. I prefer classic art. I'm a classic art kind of guy. I would I would have walked through the Van Gogh Museum a hundred times over before going back to that piece of shit, quote-unquote, modern art museum. It was cringe. Um... And I was talking to a family member about it, and I was like, "Hey, you know, isn't it frustrating to think about how Europeans are just coming to this museum and thinking, oh my gosh, this is the way they treat blacks in America?' But then at the end of the day, I've talked about this before. As much as I complain about America, I am so grateful to be an American, and I'm even more grateful to be an American that's living in Europe because I get to get away from all the craziness back home, but I still get to have the right to be an American. I still get to." hold the beliefs and values and the freedom of speech that I have. I'm able to come on this podcast and talk crap about the German government because I'm not a German citizen. I'm not going to get put on a blacklist. Well, probably, but why would I care? I'm not a German citizen. I never intend to become a German citizen. But because I'm an American, I can talk shit about whoever I want. I can complain about whoever I want. And that's how progress is made. When people are able to have conversations and they're able to come to a consensus and decide what's best for themselves and what's... uh. Yeah, that's 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 the way that the government should run. That's the way that the world should run. But anyway, as much as I complain about about America, Europeans don't know real freedom, especially people in in uh, in the Netherlands. I know they. I saw. I read something. It was like some kind of uh, like a bulletin there that talked about like uh, we support all citizens and their ability and their pursuit of 
freedom and happiness or whatever, except when it comes to COVID, except when it comes to lockdowns, except when it comes to vaccine mandates, mask mandates, because I don't know if you guys know, but the Netherlands was not friendly to those who didn't want to get vaccinated and to those who didn't want to wear masks outside and those who didn't want to get tested every two seconds so they could ride a train to go three kilometers down the street to a restaurant. Or they didn't want to get tested and also be vaccinated at the same time before eating dinner at a pub. It's hypocritical. And no, freedom is not the government forcing your job to give you paid time off that you didn't actually earn. That's not freedom. Sorry, giving up the right to bear arms, giving up the right to freedom of speech, giving up the right to to, to vote. That is not worth getting three weeks of paid time off enforced by the government. You know what's better? Working for a company that gives paid time off or gives sick leave or gives maternity leave or paternity leave or whatever the fuck because they're a good company, not being forced to by the government. But that's the way that Europeans see it. Europeans think, not all of them, but some who trash America are like, oh, you guys don't get free healthcare? You know, we get to wait in line for two years to get a, a cancerous tumor in, my, in our toe to get seen because... Uh, because we pay 37% taxes in the second lowest bracket just so we can get quote-unquote free healthcare to where we, it takes us two years to get seen because everyone and their mom is going to the doctors, the same one general doctor to get seen, to get the the lowest and worst and least amount of effort and care that they could possibly offer. That's not freedom. Um, in my opinion, freedom is... Freedom is... Freedom, the choice to take the higher salary or to take the the paid time off or the, the freedom to not get vaccinated or get vaccinated or the freedom to wear a mask or not to wear a mask or the freedom to go private when it comes to health care, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, that all being said, Modern Art Museum was embarrassing. It was trash. The Rijksmuseum, the Dutch History Museum, that was really cool. I got to see a lot of... A lot of old Dutch paintings, a lot of, you know, swords from the, the pirate days, from the days when the Dutch were conquering and they were, I, I believe they they took over Indonesia and they controlled, controlled Indonesia for a while. I, I think there was, there were a couple moments when they went to China and they, they smuggled some Chinese uh, artifacts back to the Netherlands, which of course, it's always sad to me when when one group of people goes in and they destroy or they they smuggle or they ransack different parts you know different people from other parts of the world it's always going to be sad because you're destroying a bit of history but it is a part of our history it's something that we have to acknowledge and it's something that we have grown from we're still killing people we're still going to war but we've come a long way from the barbaric days of you know genghis khan cutting off the arms of the enemy cutting off their dick and putting in their mouth and then skewing them and cooking them over a fire like a barbecue kebab We've come, we've come a long way. We have ways to go, but yeah. Um, and then we went to the Anne Frank house, which was a very humbling and depressing, but also interesting visit. So obviously you guys know the story of Anne Frank. I'm not going to explain it. Something that I learned, I guess I kind of wrongfully, I, I remembered it incorrectly from school. I thought that 
Anne Frank went to Auschwitz with her father, and I thought she died there, but she actually died in Bergen-Belsen, which is a concentration camp that's kind of near Berlin. Um, and it was interesting going through the house, very, very humbling, especially knowing that, you know, it was, I felt the same way when I went to the concentration camp called Dachau. We're, I was walking freely. I was enjoying the blue, I was walking under the beautiful blue skies. There's birds chirping, there's flowers everywhere. If you didn't know what the place was, you would think it was a beautiful area. And it's it's just crazy that less than 100 years ago, people were imprisoned in the same place that I was walking in the concentration camp. And then in Anne Frank's house, they couldn't run water at a certain time because you'd be able to hear the, the pipes were loud and the SS might be able to hear when they're patrolling the streets looking for people to take prisoner and looking for Jews to send off to concentration camps. And I've talked about this before. I am a quarter Jewish. I knew this before I took, do it, did a 23andMe test. And it was just, you know, I'm not going to sit here and even pretend like I know what it's like because I've never experienced any kind of racism or... Because you don't look at me... If you look at me, you can't tell that I'm Jewish. It's It's kind of just the... It's the recessive genes in me, but it's, it's just crazy to think that if I existed a hundred years ago, you know, I could have been persecuted against. It's, it's crazy to think of, like I said, it's humbling, made me very grateful to be alive in the time I am, to be given the opportunities I've been given. And it was pretty crazy, you know, uh, the countertop, the, the countertop in the kitchen that the, the two families that were staying in the that were hiding in the annex, the kitchen that they shared together, the the original countertop was still there. It was crazy to see. Of course, you can't touch it. You want to preserve it as best and as long as you can. And also the furnace. So so there was like a picture of the, I think a recreation of what the attic looked like because of course when the SS caught them, they took everything out. It was crazy to see the, the kitchen, like the, the countertop from the kitchen and the furnace in the kitchen was still there. And it just, it's, yeah, like I, like I keep saying, and I'll say it again, is such a humbling experience to walk freely in a place where people were hiding for their lives for two years until they sadly were taken away and everybody except for the father, Otto Frank, survived. Those are all things that I remember learning in school, but there's, a, of course, a couple little things. And then experiencing it for yourself is totally different. But yeah, moving on from that, you know, just to kind of finish up what I'm um, just to kind of finish up the trip, yeah, it was a great trip. It was about a six-hour drive, beautiful drive. Yeah, fun time. Next trip is Rome, and I'll tell you, talk to you guys more about that later. But next bit of news, actually, that only bit of news. Wow, I've been this is twenty-six minutes in. I've been talking about my trip in Amsterdam, ranting about whatever the hell. Oh, spewing right-wing talking points, as as my buddy likes to say. So. Dave Chappelle was attacked by a guy named Isaiah Lee a couple weeks ago. I'm sure you guys have seen the video by now. Guy rushed to the stage, tried to tackle him, or I don't know what his plan was, because apparently he brought in a, a knife that looked like a gun, which is weird. And then he didn't even, it didn't even look like he tried to stab Dave Chappelle, he just tackled him. So that piece of shit, pussy, asshole, scumbag, anti-free speech, fascist piece of shit, he actually revealed recently why he tackled Dave Chappelle. And here's the quote. Uh, 
The quote is, I identify as bisexual, and I wanted him to know what he said was triggering. So, it's, I've, I've said this so many times in the past, jokes do not kill, jokes do not cause harm to the LGBTQ community. Pieces of shit like this, who jump on stage, who pay for a ticket to go to a comedy festival, jump on stage and try to attack or maybe, I don't know, stab and kill Dave Chappelle for jokes that they've said, that does more harm to the LGBTQIA community. That does more harm than any joke that Dave Chappelle will ever make. And it's like, it's one of these things where he goes on talking about transphobic jokes that Dave Chappelle's made. I don't understand people who say shit like this. All you have to do is watch a special. All you have to do is listen to the guy talk when he's, when he's being honest and he's not, and he's in a serious mood. He is such a good, open-minded person. He has, he offered after his last special when people were pissed. He shared a story about a transgender comedian friend that he had that got bullied to death, bullied into committing suicide by the LGBTQ community for, for associating with Dave Chappelle. How is that transphobic? How is having a transgender friend that you're promoting and letting open and come on tour with you and kind of learn from you as a comedian, as someone that's an up and coming comedian, how is that transphobic? How do you listen to when people were when people were outraged and they were they're protesting at Netflix headquarters because they weren't taking Dave Chappelle's special off? He offered instead of shutting him down, instead of calling for them to be arrested or to be pepper pepper sprayed or tear gassed or beaten in the streets by police. He offered to sit down with them. He said, Hey guys, get a committee together. Let's talk. Let's have a, let's, let's have a conversation. Tell me how you're feeling. I'm going to give you a platform and I'm, I'm going to listen to you. And, but they don't want that. They don't want conversations. They don't want open and honest conversations. They don't want to come to an agreement. They just want people who make jokes about them. People who don't immediately and wholeheartedly 110% support every single decision they make. They want them to be shut down. They want them to be silenced. They want them to be arrested, doxxed, fired from their jobs, harassed, beaten, assaulted. They, they want them, they want all those things to be done to those kinds of people. They don't want to find a common ground. They don't want to see people who don't 110% constantly suck their dick once they transition they they don't want to they don't want to see those people as normal human beings. And this guy is going to say things like I identify as a bisexual. Why don't you identify as someone with thicker skin? Why don't you identify as a non-pussy? Why do you why don't you identify as someone with balls who can take a joke and understand that jokes actually make the world a better place? Dave Chappelle's comedy makes me laugh, makes me feel good, and it makes me appreciate Social commentary in its purest form, which is what I is, which is a way that I describe comedy. Dave Chappelle is nothing short of a genius. Any, I don't know him personally, but from the comedy, from the comedians and the normal people, the actors that have met him and that have talked to him, that know him, that are his friend, talk about how he is the most open-minded, sweetest, most empathetic person on the entire planet, and that's why he's such a good comedian because he's an empath. Because he understands people. He knows what makes them mad. He knows what makes them happy. He knows what makes them hyped up. He knows what makes them laugh. That's why he's such a great comedian. That's why, in my opinion, he is the greatest of all time. The greatest greatest social commentator the world has ever known. At least in the modern age. He's the greatest comedian the world has ever known. And, like I said, 
if you were to kill Dave Chappelle, do you think all of a sudden no one is going to make trans jokes? Do you think all of a sudden people are not going to make homeless jokes? You think, you think the the buckshot, the the buying a shotgun and shooting a meth meth rattled um, homeless dude, that joke? Do you really think that causes harm to homeless people? It doesn't. It's funny. It's funny. I don't know how this guy can sit here and be like, I'm as a bisexual, I decided this guy making bisexual jokes gives me the right to hop on stage and try to stab him. Then what's wrong with the transgender woman? It was, a, I think, a man who transitioned to a woman. What What's wrong with them for hearing the trans transgender jokes that Dave Chappelle's made and still wanting to be his friend and still wanting to learn from him and still wanting to go on tour on him with him and be uh, associated with him? What's wrong with that person? Are they wrong? No, they're not wrong. They're actually in the right. That's how a normal, sane mentally healthy not even i have mental illnesses and i don't think about stabbing people for making filipino jokes or making asian jokes or making half white half filipino half white half asian i I don't think about stabbing people who make jokes if at the end of the day i don't think a joke is funny guess what i do i move on and i don't i don't navigate towards that content here's a good example amy schumer I actually think Amy Schumer's earlier stuff is funny, and I think she gets a little too much hate for for uh, for her comedy. She's still not the funniest person on the planet. She's not that funny. She doesn't deserve the hate she gets. I would never in a lifetime, no matter how many unfunny jokes she says, no matter how many things she could say about Filipinos, she could call Filipinos gutter rats, the dirtiest, most despicable, half-human scumbag beast uh, what she could, you could throw everything you want at Filipinos. And I would never in a heartbeat think I'm going to go buy a ticket. I'm going to spend my hard earned money to go try to jump on stage and stab her with a knife that looks like a gun. I, but then again, that's also another thing. You know, this guy's mentally ill. I'm not picking on mentally ill people. I'm just saying this is not a normal adult reaction to hearing something you don't like a normal adult reaction at the least is to ignore it at the most. You can do something better. You can create a comedy special. You can create a podcast. You can write an essay. You can publish a paper, a journal, a a periodical. You could you could publish an opinion piece on fucking on the internet. Everybody does it nowadays. Everybody thinks that their opinion is worth publishing, and maybe it is. You could do anything but resort to violence and try to assault this guy. So fuck this guy. He also apparently attempted to murder his roommate. So I mean he's 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 gonna go to jail for a long time. I I hope he gets the help that he needs in prison, and I hope he also never gets let out until he learns, hey, trying to kill a comedian because you don't like their jokes and because you're a a thin-skinned pussy and you've been raised in a modern world that tells you, hey, you can go punch someone you disagree with in the face. Hey, you can go shut down a college campus when a speaker comes that you actually haven't listened to anything they've said. You've just listened to what BuzzFeed and Vice and MSNBC and CNN and Fox have said about the person rather than actually sitting down and listening to their content. I doubt this guy has really listened to Dave Chappelle that much. He probably just read articles that those pussies that went and protested, they have their right to, but they're still pussies that protested in front of Netflix. He probably only read their tweets. He probably, he didn't listen to Dave Chappelle at all because if you listen to Dave Chappelle, you know, there's not an ounce of hatred in his voice anytime he speaks in a special or on any given night that he's doing stand-up. So, yeah, fuck this guy. Isaiah Lee, I hope you stay in prison for a long time, and I hope you get the mental health that you need. And, uh, yeah, I hope your arm heals. So the last thing I wanted to talk about, 
which is where the opening joke sponsorship comes from. Biden said that the U.S. is willing to respond militarily, in quotes, in the event that China attacks Taiwan or invades Taiwan to try to take it over. The way that the way that Russia has invaded Ukraine is kind of similar. It's been a long time coming. Obviously, there's been 100% censorship of any kind of foreign product or movie that even mentions Taiwan. We saw it leading up to the most recent Fast and the Furious movie. John Cena accidentally referred to Taiwan as a country. The major- A huge chunk of the Fast and the Furious movie comes from sales, ticket sales in China because they love those movies. And so he was kind of forced to probably by studio heads and studio executives to put out an apology for referring to for the crime of referring to Taiwan as a country when China China likes to uh, pretend like they are not a sovereign country and they own Taiwan and they run Taiwan and Taiwan is just a puppet just the way that North Korea is but in fact as of today Taiwan is its own sovereign in- independent country um, I wouldn't say independent they probably rely a lot on China but yeah that's where the Duolingo joke came in Better start learning learning Mandarin Chinese because on the military capability side, I'm 99.9% sure the United States military is more, uh, what do you say? What do you call it? Better armed. It's, we have the better technology. We have the, we have the bigger Navy, I believe. China just has a lot of people. They have a lot of, and, and, and obviously you've seen it. Through, throughout the past few years, we saw it in the Hong Kong protest. We saw it in China with uh, COVID. We saw it in uh, Shenzhen recently. They're just completely taking people who get COVID. They're trying. They're they're claiming they're not going to release lockdowns until there are zero cases of COVID. Which anybody who has paid attention to any of the actual science that has come out now that scientists are not afraid to actually speak the truth uh, without fear of getting their funds yanked and without fear of getting Epsteined. You cannot have zero cases of COVID. That's never going to exist. There will never be a time when there are zero COVID cases in the world, especially in a, in a crowded city like Shenzhen and a crowded city like Shanghai or Hong Kong. So like I was saying recently, they've decided they're going to stay in lockdown until there are zero cases of COVID. People are getting COVID. They're getting yanked from their homes. They're getting tossed in God knows where. There are videos, horrifying videos of just bags and bags and gallons of cats and dogs and, and other household animals that are being put in bags and tossed out because their owners are not there to take care of them. China sees humans as a resource, as a non-living resource, an expendable resource. So China may have the upper hand with just sheer size of people that they can just, I don't know, toss in a cheap jet and then kamikaze even though that's japanese kamikaze their way to fucking washington dc or whatever but on the other hand china china has its hand they they're spying on american people as we speak probably spying on me as i speak like i said tiktok is a chinese owned and chinese ran and regulated app china the chinese government purposely this is this is something that you can test yourself they purposely and there are articles about this, of course. <laughs> um, I keep getting sidetracked. There, I can't finish a fucking thought to save my life today. So, the Chinese government is purposely engineering 
foreign countries, especially the United States, their their people's algorithms to give them stupid stuff like dances and stupid memes and dog and cat videos, which I love dog and cat videos, but they engineer them to get them that stuff so they can waste their time and dumb them down. And the things that they are engineering their algorithms for their kids in China that use TikTok, not only are they only allowing their kids a short amount of time, uh, a certain amount of time on uh, on uh, technology on a computer or a laptop or iPad or phone or whatever, I'm not saying we should do this at all, but they're engineering their algorithms to give their kids who, use, who consume TikTok engineering, science, mathematics, stuff that they're going to actually benefit from in the long run. So they're winning the long the long run game for sure when it comes to that. And just the psychological, you know, when it comes to the Russian bots and the Russian interference and the Russian hacking and the the fake pages on Facebook that that will book events across the street from each other like a pro-confederate event right across the street from a pro-muslim event and literally can cause real life altercations and then if not real life altercations on the internet that will eventually lead to shit like this this weirdo storming the stage to try to attack Dave Chappelle. China's winning the psychological battle. They had their hand and they definitely influence a lot of what's going on online, which of course the online world is not the real world, but it's definitely it's starting to intertwine, starting to mingle, and starting to pour over into the real world. A lot of people act are starting to act in real life the way that they should only act in their head <laughs> or online the things that they're that that have just they're they're going from an online fantasy or a fucking uh, a fan fiction that they're tweeting out they're starting to do it and carry it out in real life so obviously i'm not saying whether or not i think america will would win or lose in a war against china i don't want it to come to that i've explained it before War is a crime. No matter how much is justified, war is a crime. That's the Ernest Hemingway quote. I believe there are an infinite amount, a never-ending amount of possibilities and chances before you go to war. War is a choice. It always is a choice. Of course, if you're dragged into a war, it's different. But if you initiate a war, you have made a choice, and every single blood drop of blood is on your hands. Of course, China doesn't care about that. Xi Jinping, the Communist Party... CCP, they don't care about bloodshed. That's very obvious. All you have to do is go on the internet and look at what's going on in China on any given day. So, hope you guys are learning Mandarin Chinese. All I know is Ni Hao. Pretty sure that means hi. So, yeah. Download the Duolingo app and start learning Mandarin. Maybe you'll stand a chance. But, as far as this episode goes, I think that's it. I uh, hope I wasn't too ranty. I say this at the end of every episode. But, obviously... Obviously, it's not too bad if you guys are continuing to listen. I'm, I'm continuing to grow. I nothing puts a bigger smile on my face than 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 seeing feedback, positive or negative. Um, if you if you give me negative enough feedback that's unwarranted, then I might you know talk shit about you on on the the podcast like I did a couple episodes ago. But nothing sees nothing makes me happier than seeing the growth, and you know the sharing the the, the amount of sharing that's been going on with the podcast. I, I really appreciate it. I'm super grateful for it. And yeah, I hope you guys took something away from this episode. Of course, I'll catch you on the next one. I'm still kind of, you know, merch is kind of paused right now, but don't worry. Don't hold your breath, but don't worry. Merch will be coming eventually, sooner rather than later. Next couple of months for sure. Um, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. 
I hope you took something away from it. Thank you for the support. Thank you for the feedback. Thank you for the comments. I probably will have a poll in this. Uh, yeah, I'll probably have a poll in this episode. I'm not sure exactly what the poll will be. I'll come up with a poll question. But if you want to, if you're using Spotify, you can answer that poll. You can participate in the poll. The recommendation I have is the Tony Hawk documentary. I don't think I recommended this last week. The Tony Hawk documentary, Until the Wheels Fall Off, I believe is what it's called. Even if you're not a skateboard fan, which I am a super skateboard fan. I used to skate when I was younger. I swore I was going to get sponsored. I was going to, I had sponsor me videos. I was going to get sponsored. I was going to be a pro skater. Ended up kind of stopping skating, but I'm getting back into it. And I'm still, I still kind of have that muscle memory. But even if you're not a huge skateboarding fan, watch the documentary. It's fascinating. It's amazing. It's inspiring. It's motivating. You can take the, the attitude that Tony Hawk had towards skateboarding and overcoming obstacles and naysayers and bully and bullies you can take that and apply it to anything that you love so check out the tony hawk documentary i believe it's only on hbo max you can probably rent it from amazon prime but check it out and i'll catch you guys on the next episode as always stay safe stay away from those crazies out there thank you